Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome everyone. We are back with Somra and Rika, who is a galactic walk-in for part two of our fascinating conversation about her numerous walk-ins. We've only just begun to detail those walk-in experiences. We're going to do that in today's episode, but also we're going to learn about the four types of star seeds and why it even matters and how the walk-in astrology is different. Is your astrology different? Well, actually, we're going to learn more with Somra. Hi, Somra. Welcome back. Hello, Loren. So great to be back. So we're going to pick up this storyline from our last episode. And as you remember, um, after An Anaria walked in, something interesting happened. That's when you and your partner got an astrology reading, a relationship astrology reading. So tell us about that. Okay, so some friends of ours were uh, astrologers, and uh, we had kind of, you know, we recognized we were on this new path together, and we were considering getting uh, married in the, you know, regular way. I was not into marriage at all, but it was like, uh, we thought it might make our life easier to interface with uh, the regular world. So we were going to go through with that process and, and they said, well, we'll make it, we'll do an astrology chart for you, a relationship astrology chart. And uh, when they came back, you know, it was based on our natal charts. So they were like, we can't figure out how y'all are compatible at all because they were so different. And the, the natal astrology chart is based on your personality, the personality of your body. And as a walk-in, that may not be relevant anymore, or at least not to a certain degree. Now, I've heard some astrologers say that they can tell in the natal chart when a walk-in actually is going to happen. I'm not an astrologer, so I can't uh, speak to that subject, although I know with a lot of astrologers I've talked about it with, they say usually after the fact, you know, what it might show up in the astrology natal chart that a major transition could happen at this time period, but that could be a variety of things. And so... Anyway, we, uh, we said, well, we, you know, we're walk-ins, maybe that has something to do with it. So we uh, got a channeling with uh, one of the masters through my partner and the ET masters. And he said, you know, we were asking about it, you know, and he said, so what happened in your ninth year of this life? And I said, well, that's the year that I've always, you know, often said is when I became sentient. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, a major change happened in that year. So I was, uh, you know, I'd mentioned in the last episode, you know, there was just, you know, basically had a horrible childhood in a lot of ways. And I didn't discover just how horrible it was till much later. But by the time of my ninth year of my human life, uh, I was just feeling like life was going nowhere. I was really fed up with so much of the the lies and the illusions and the systems and the controls of the school systems and everything. I could see through it all 
as a, you know, a way to condition children to a certain mode that they wanted that, you know, this is a whole part of the controls of this world, right? And you and, saw that at nine years old? Oh, yeah. Well, remember, I was indigo. I could see through all of that from the beginning. And it was just, uh, you know, I could see through people's lies when their energy didn't match what they're saying. And adults are doing that all the time because they have so much repressed stuff. And it's just like you get conditioned to just keep going with life, keep going, keep going, throw that stuff back in the background and keep going. And they don't understand that children can perceive through all of that. The challenge is most children, if they uh, don't have as many circuits lit up as I did, uh, they they just confused all the time. So I help people a lot with confusion trauma, what I call confusion trauma, which is locked in their aura, where where they were presented with one thing, the parents, you know, are like, do as I say, not as I do kind of stuff. And it's confusing because the psyche in those, those particularly those first six years, and especially the first two years, your, your neurons in your brain are connecting, making connections millions a second. And it's interpreting your world and how to be in the world and all of that. So if you're getting all these mixed messages, that's literally going into your brain development and your sense of yourself, your identity and your sense of the world. And this is what most people are struggling, struggling with now and have no idea because they don't remember any of this. But in the work I do, we can get to that stuff and help to clear it and resolve the what I call confusion trauma. It's like, it's like they're just wheels spinning in people's auras and their consciousness going, I don't understand, why is this? I don't understand, why is that? What, that didn't make sense. And, you know, particularly if there's abuse, there's sexual abuse, things like that, it's like to a child, it's like, well, I don't understand, what, and this is awful. And so it just spins and spins and spins. So for me, for the most part, it, it was like, you know, you're in a child's body, you can't do anything about it. You can't move away, you can't go get a job and take care of yourself, you have to function. But... At the same time, I knew I was an adult, you know, in a, in a child's body. And it was just, and, and under the rules and controls of all of this BS that's going on. And so by that time, um, I was just, by, by nine, I was just fed up. And uh, I wasn't doing homework, you know, in school. I just wanted to be in nature all the time. I want to be away from people. Um, that was always the case, but it just kept, you know, escalating. And... Uh, it got, yeah, so it got to this point where I just felt like life's coming to an end. I, there's nowhere I can go with this. And I developed kind of an attitude, you know, uh, an adversarial attitude. I also had a kind of um, something like dyslexia. Not exactly, but um, it made it very hard to, to read and, and operate in a, in a traditional school uh, environment, public school environment. And so all of these things together was just a struggle. It was a nonstop struggle. And plus I'm em empathic, right? So I can feel people's feelings. I can feel the injustices. That was a big deal that I really struggled with most of this life. My human self was so much injustice everywhere and nothing I could do about it. And so, um, and so my grades went down in school and uh, I was, for some reason, I was put in the highest level classes of math and reading and all that stuff. And I don't know why, but I was great at math. I know that. But the, I think they just grouped everybody together. If you're great in one, you put you in the highest levels in all the classes. But when my grades went down, they dropped me to a, diff to a lower level. There were four levels in, in my school. And uh, they dropped me to the next tier down. And that was a shock 
and something happened. I can't say it was necessarily overnight. Maybe it was one of those soul pour in, soul pour out, you know, the old, the, the new souls pouring in and the old souls pouring out. But it was fairly quickly, like within maybe a week or so. I went through, uh, this was the end of the first quarter. I went through this major shift. And as soon as they put me in the, in the lower classes, it's, it was like almost overnight, something shifted and something woke up inside me. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be put in lower classes. And I, I just went full force in doing, um, you know, doing a, a homework and, and studying and all these things to get my grades back up. I ended up having all A's in the next quarter. And I went to my teachers and I said, put me back in the highest classes here. You know, I, I, you know, I deserve to be in the highest classes. And they did, which was one of the few times where a justice occurred <laughs> in my history. And, but, you know, from then on, I was motivated, whereas before I had no motivation for life anymore. And, and that was hugely significant within, you have a question? Well, so then the, um, did that just happen overnight? Did you say, or, or did just, it seems like it, you know, um, you know, it's a little vague in that time period, but it was fairly quickly. The, the, the tipping point, as I recalled throughout my whole history was when I got put in the lower classes, it was like a wake up call and that, that soul shift might've happened overnight. But basically what, what all this is leading to is that we found out, you know, as the master confirmed, I had a walk-in at nine years old and that's what put me on the new trajectory. So in the last interview, I talked about being like a, you know, music prodigy. I could take, you know, I could play any instrument and all that stuff that didn't happen till after this walk-in, it was that soul that walked in and within two years, when I got introduced to, I, by the way, I didn't even like music, the, the me before, the me who I was before up until nine years old, didn't listen to music, didn't care for it. Um, and then suddenly now there's an interest in music when I was exposed to an instrument and I could just figure it out and start playing. And it was really, really amazing. And then joined band and chorus and all of that. I was, I was at the highest level of, uh, you had competitions every week and I was almost always at the highest chair. I played clarinet and band and, and nobody knew where this was coming from, right? There was no musical ability in, in my family of origins history. And uh, so it was, it was pretty amazing. And that was that soul, that soul had a, had a strong history in music, stepped in and activated those circuits in my DNA and boom, we're on a course, you know? And if that soul had stayed in, like I said last time, I would have become a, a, a musician and a rock star, which I actually am in, in other timelines it, where the walk-in didn't happen. So yeah, it's, pre, it's pretty amazing. That's also when I started my paranormal parapsychology studies. I, I mentioned last time I was, I was levitating uh, other kids and I was uh, you know, practicing and really studying that. And um, I was introduced to hypnosis. I was like, oh, let's, let's explore this. And I was hypnotizing friends. I didn't know what to do with it at the time. I was just able to take them into a hypnotic state, test a few things. I was never, never a game. I was never doing anything foolish, like making them do silly stuff. It was a really in-depth study as to what's happening here. How are, how are they going into this deep uh, hypnagogic state? I didn't have that word back then, but yeah, that state. And um, could, they could do things that they couldn't do when they weren't in that hypnotic state. It was fascinating. So that soul also had a history of being a, a parapsychology, 
parapsychology researcher back in during spiritualism in the uh, early 1900s. So that was that got activated, and I just picked up where I left off. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. So you just remembered this um, in hindsight over your life. Really fascinating. You said some things there about levitating other kids. Do you want to expand on that? What was going on there? Well, just briefly, you know, a lot of kids, they, they have these slumber parties, right? And they do the light as a feather, stiff as a board stuff. Yeah, uh-huh, right, right. They tell, and so the way that, that it was introduced in, in, amongst my friends was, you know, you tell this story of this person laying down and you all have, you just have two fingers along the body. And usually it takes six people plus the person lying down because you need to be able to have a little bit of support under the legs and the torso, head and feet on each side. And so they would tell this story as if that person died and then and then there would be this point where we would chant light as a feather, stiff as a board, right? Over and over and then we would the, the whoever was leading it would lift. And okay, it was like, yeah, this is oh, this is cool, but I was like, wait a minute. This is real. This is really happening. And we would and I would then Take, take begin doing experiments and lead experiments. And I said, okay, first let's lift without doing anything and, uh, and feel what it feels like. And it was like, you couldn't lift that person with two fingers, you know, even with six people around them. And so, and being the person lying there when you're levitated, it was an extraordinary feeling. And it was like, I felt like I was flying through the roof the moment they lifted me. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? I got to, you know, we got to explode. So, so it was like that. And then I, I was like, let's take out the whole story about the person dying. That's just creepy. And I began focusing on, yeah, I began focusing on the light as a feather, stiff as a board part, you know, what's happening here. And it, it wasn't till later when I had my next walk in and I got deeper into metaphysics that I, that I once again picked up that study a little more and realized that it's a, it, you're basically hypnotizing the person lying there. And everyone is going into a state of agreement. And it's actually changing the energy. It's changing the quantum field to where everything is pure energy in that moment. And so everyone's mind is agreeing. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. And that person lying there gets, gets kind of into a hypnotic state and believes it. And then, and they're not thinking about it logically. It's just we're sinking into it. And as a leader, you know, as I began to feel energy, and actually I was, uh, I was invited to speak at a university in parapsychology class uh, three times in, uh, in um, oh, around 1998, uh, something like that, 99. And uh, uh, I actually led this in, this in this university class. I led these and, and I explained it, what's happening. And so it gets to a point where I, at that point I could see energy, you know, I could feel energy through all my development and I could see there's this, there's this energy shift that's happening and I'm intuitively guided for the moment to say, and now we'll lift her, you know, or him. And we just, it, it's like, there's this turnover point energetically and then boom, we just lift. And literally we have thrown people in the air with our fingers. Yeah, I mean, isn't that fascinating? Because as kids, when we played that game, I remember that too, the slumber parties. And it was really fascinating. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. And so it doesn't make logical sense. So you're onto something there. It brings to mind spoon bending yes. as well. All right. So this was the past life of the parapsychologist. 
that you had. Yes, as that, well as the, the it, skills and talents of that. Yes, as well as a musician. Yeah, as well as a musician. Yes. And so this is all by age nine. Right. So so between age nine and 11 was when a lot of that transition began happening of of the old falling away and the new and these new abilities coming forward just out of nowhere, so to speak. And, um, you know, fortunately, I could just explore. I was also studying telekinesis, uh, had amazing telekinesis experiences where, you know, things will move without you touching them or barely touching them. You know, Ouija board kind of studies and things like that. It's not spooky, folks. There can be entities that interact with Ouija boards, but the power is not in the board. The power is in the people who are, who are working the needle. And so I began researching that. And some people you put together, that needle would be flying all over the board. And some people, it would be very, very slow. So I, I started studying deeper what's causing it to move. And I actually did eliminated the board altogether and took a glue bottle and put it on a table with someone and we put our fingers on it because it had a pointer. And I said, point to the, the oldest person in the room, who was me. And then it began to move this glue bottle, just like the Ouija board needle. And it turned and it went right to me. All right. So I know that there's some, I played with a Ouija board and then there's um, word out on the street. Don't have them in your house. I see them in some of the, I mean, and out in, in public, like in the brew pubs in this neighborhood. So it's like, wow, don't have it in there. D not don't, right? Entities could come. But what you're saying is something completely different. This completely is different. The focus of consciousness, the focus of consciousness is moving that. So is that happening with the Ouija board? Yes. The, well, sometimes some people do have entity attachments and they are drawing that to them in the Ouija board experience, but it's not the Ouija board's fault. Okay. It's the person and their state of consciousness. So I was a very pure state of consciousness and I don't want anything to do with ghosts, you know? And so I wouldn't allow that stuff to happen. I, I, I approached it very scientifically. And I noticed when I would have my fingers resting on the needle that I would feel a pulsing on my fingers. And I wondered if that pulsing combined with the other person's pulsing the, on the other side of the needle somehow made it move. So I started researching that more and it wasn't a hundred percent conclusive, but I do feel like there's something to that, but really it's energy. And, and energy, you know, ultimately all of us are going to come to that point where we can move things with our minds without touching them. That's just natural. That's normal. It's just these abilities have been shut off systematically over the years, over the centuries. So, so yeah, it was that kind of experimentation. It was just, you know, you could call it scientific in a way. It was, just, you know, okay, let's do controlled studies. So I did all of that in my, you know, back in the other lifetime as well. And um, so I didn't know that at the time, but that's why it was so natural and curious to me. Okay, cool. All right. And so um, then how does the rest of this story play out with this walk-in? What happens? Okay, so, so this walk-in takes over. I have interest in life again. And, um, mm -hmm. But, but not, not remembering a lot of the suppressed abuse that I had as a child. Uh, didn't discover that till just a few years ago, actually. And I'm actually someone with an incredible memory. Incredible well, so if, memory. You're, if you're a walk-in... Do you have to take on the memories of the physical body? Yep. 
you can't yeah, just like override that then you have to go you, you have to process those you do have to still process it and a lot of walk-ins don't understand that i've had walk-ins say well my memory was wiped or things no your conscious memory was wiped your mm -hmm. unconscious is still carrying all of this stuff and it has to be dealt with and it may feel like it, you know particularly for me by the time i was in my you know fifth walk-in that i i knew was fifth is actually six i was like uh so far removed from childhood that it seemed foreign to even consider such a thing. But yet when it was time for that package to open up, um, it, it was all right there. It's, it's all right there, folks. The time, there's no time. Just because something was long ago does not mean it's any less potent in your field. It is controlling your choices, your thoughts, your sense of self, your sense of self-worth, your ability to manifest, all of these things, how you relate to people, unconscious beliefs, memories, emotions that came from events that were disturbing to you or conflicting or confusing or misunderstanding. We have thousands and thousands of these in our field. And they're like honeycombs is, is the common term in psychology. They're honeycombed off. They're walled off. So even as a walk-in, you do have to deal with these things. Now, sometimes when the soul comes in, it will clear out some stuff and then great because there's a lot of stuff to deal with for most of us. But the, there are still certain things you do need to go through, but that's the point. It, a lot of people don't understand processing trauma is not about processing trauma and getting rid of stuff. It's about the learning and the wisdom through that, having had that experience, having taken on those beliefs, having those emotional charges, holding those beliefs in place in your field. And then later in life, going into that and processing it and realizing your identity got shaped around those things and that identity is false. It's not the real you. The real you is a grand soul on an adventure in a human form. But there are still many parts of you identifying with this human self and the events that happened and the beliefs that formed from them. So as you process with, you know, particularly the heavy stuff, you need a practitioner like me, someone who can really help you get to those places. You will not be able to for the most part because there are bypass mechanisms in the psyche and that's why you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, you can maybe feel a vibe, but it will automatically distract you to a food or TV or music or things to keep you from seeing it and going in there. So you need to... Uh, process that and in that process it's an evolution this is what evolution is okay and awakening is you're awakening to all of you your whole human history as well as your past lives and your your soul self and so as you go through that there's wisdom to be gained there's discoveries there's humility in that process and realizing oh I'm not who I thought I was and oh this is a coping mechanism it's not really me Oh, and in that humility, that actually opens and expands you to more, to embody more of your soul self, who you really are. It's all these assumptions in your unconscious about who you are that act as barriers to who you really are and everything you're wanting in life, the joy, the fulfillment, the expansion, the abundance is being blocked. It's available to you. If you simply soften your, your assumptions about yourself and who you think you are and be willing to be open, whether you're walking or not, and that's a major, really, major transformation happens with that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think what happens is 
in the humility, all right, how do you handle the humility without going so far off the deep end into self-judgment? Right. So that's part of my programs that I've created of the personal awakening process is one of them because I found that acts as a major barrier. Self-judgment is so significant. So um, I put that, working on that up front in the program before we actually go into deeper stuff. We work on self-judgment and really building that relationship of self-validation and self-acceptance because that is absolutely crucial. You cannot ascend if you are judging any part of yourself, by the way, folks, <laughs> okay? Ascension is total self-love. Every part of you, everything you've experienced, your child self, your teenager self, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your past lives, it's this culmination of 100% self-love and you burst into light or you do what I call the stair-step method of ascension, which is mo what most people are doing right now. And that's a whole other subject, all the different kinds of ascensions. Oh, well, that's an interesting conversation too. I would say that, I mean, I, I, I want everyone to write that down. Ascension is total self-love. Yes. And so if we remember that in the face of everything, would you say when you look out at the collective right now, Somra, we're doing a whole heck of a lot of clearing. Yes. I mean, we're doing it. I mean, it, it's, it's in the collective. I mean, it could be in politics. It just is like a level of um, immaturity where, but that's within us. And so that's what's going on and you're helping people get through it. Isn't yes, that wild? Yes. The, what's happening in globally, what's happening in governments and all these things is an outpicturing of what's going on within the human populace individually. This transition to new earth is an individual transformation process. You cannot sidestep that. You cannot avoid it. You cannot simply wait for new earth to happen. Mm -hmm. And then you're in a happy world. It doesn't work that way. You have to evolve yourself into that total self-loving state. And then you're in resonance with new earth, with ascended earth. Okay. That's what gets you there, so to speak. And that's what we mean by new earth is a frequency. It yes. is total self-love. Ascension is total self-love. So you said we could do this in one flash. That would be awesome. Well, to... you got a process to get to that place. But when, when it culminates, if, you, if you're ascending the, the way where you burst into light, that's, that's just one way. And that's my favorite, by the way, yeah. is, is it's a culmination. It's a build, 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 build of just, just so in love with yourself and in love with the beauty of all creation. But not a narcissist. Not okay. So in love with yourself, does it stick? Well, if it, if you're ascending, yes. But the, but see, anything that's a real process sticks, so to speak. When I, like when I do EFT, uh, you know, EFT is wonderful as well as matrix reimprinting, and that what we change is permanent. And if if a person say like we're working on something. You know, a really, really basic one that, that I've helped people with is like fear of flying, you know, in an airplane. And so we break it down to, okay, what's it about? Is it about uh, claustrophobia? Is it about out of, feeling out of control? Is it, and then we, we work on each of those levels and layers. And those levels, e EFT clears it out of your meridians, clears it out of your body and your system very, very quickly, particularly when you're guided with a keen practitioner okay because i'm very much tuning in to what all the different and the bypasses that the psyche tries to do to avoid 
where it needs to go, okay? And so we peel away the layers. And so then if they come back and they still have a little bit of fear left of flying, we then, it's not that it didn't work or stick, it's that there are more layers to clear. So then we look at, oh, is it being close to people? Is it being, you know, fear of catching a disease? Is it being, you know, is it fear of crashing, you know? So that's it. It's when you're truly healing, you're, it's, it's permanent. And if something's not resolving for anybody, you've got more layers to get to. All right. So let's continue on your example of flying. And where do you see that that comes from your clients? Like, do you get, do they get clear of it? Do they see that the fear is just that it's a false illusion or did it come from something in their DNA and now it's cleared? It's, it always comes from something. Nothing mm. is out of nowhere. Okay. It always comes from something. Okay. So we go to find what it is. And one person in particular was, she would have a recurring dream of drowning. Mm -hmm. And so see, as we're tapping and we're going deeper into the consciousness, then we look for what comes forward. And so she remember, she brings that forward and she says, I'm having a flash of this recurring dream I have of drowning. When I'm in a plane, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm suffocating. Mm. So then we tap about the dream and she talks out the dream and we clear all the emotional charge around that. That was it for her. Whew. Once we cleared out every level and she, she did drown in a past life and it was terrible. It, it was, it was a murder. And, and so, I mean, she was, you know, chained to something heavy and it was, it was really sad. So she had to process all the emotions around that. Got those emotions out. No more fear of flying. Excellent. All right. And I just want to say that the sessions that you do with people, this is what goes on. Um, this is how you uncover the, the, the layers that need to be cleared. Okay. All right. Well, fascinating. Thanks for that little detour there. Love it. So, you know, I could talk yeah. for hours on this cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what's the, the stair step ascension then? Stair step ascension is when um, you're just gradually evolving. You're gradually peeling away the issues. And this is more what's happening for most people that I, I see it so far. Taking the stairs instead of the elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, the elevator at G Force. The elevator at G Force is when you burst into light. But okay. the stair the stair step seek because Earth is ascending. Okay. So that's one reason why a lot of us are here for this excellent opportunity to experience a planetary ascension and ascending our own consciousness with it. Okay. So, so the earth is stair-stepping, okay? And it does go through jumps, and a lot of us feel it. You know, these gateways that are often talked about, those are usually jumps and ascension. Some people are totally oblivious to these jumps, but those who are really in tune feel them, okay? But you're stair-stepping, and then you're on your individual path because not everybody's here to ascend. Not even close, believe it or not. It's, it's, oh, really? Yeah, it's not, it's not a part of their path. It's not, they're, they're oh. not even at an evolutionary stage as a soul for that. And it's not, not our responsibility to worry about them. No, well, no, I, mean, no. I, don't, I don't want to seem like I don't care, but if we have to worry about ourselves, right? You're, you're, you are the only thing you can control. We're, it, and, and I am not helping people because I feel sorry for them. If you're a healer, never, ever, ever feel sorry for your clients. That's a codependent dynamic. It's not healthy. It's not good. Seeing your clients as empowered beings you know, a powerful souls here on a journey, they took on some stuff and you're helping them unravel that stuff and awaken to the magnificence that they are. You're a participant. 
as a healer. You're a participant, but you cannot take on their stuff. And if you are, that you'll find out soon enough. That's part of every healer's journey. Usually, we 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 bleed for others. You know, it's like we feel for them, especially if we're empathic. But there's a difference between clear empathy and empathy, or what I call more sympathy. A lot of healers, a lot of light workers, they're they're sympathizing. If you're worried about anybody, that's sympathy. That's not healthy. You're feeling sorry for them and you're actually diminishing their power from in terms of you're, you're not taking away their power, but your vision of them is not helping them. Seeing them as empowered beings and then calling forth that power is your greatest gift you can give them. And just because someone is hurting, that doesn't mean it's wrong. Pain is not bad. These are 3D assumptions, okay? Pain is a motivator. Pain has a purpose. Emotional pain, physical pain. And the soul knows exactly what it's doing. Your job as a healer or a support person, you know, is to help, you know, help people understand what that cause of that pain is and realize they have power to transmute that if they want it. Now, a lot of people are addicted to their pain. They do not want to heal give up, give up trying to help them Mm -hmm. that they, that's their free will choice. Mm -hmm. They want their pain. They want their suffering. It get because there's what we call an EFT secondary gains. There's, there's a, there's a gain that their, their psyche believes their ego believes they're getting from it, which is say like attention. Maybe they got no attention as a child and only when they're sick, they got attention. So they're manifesting illnesses to stay sick so that it gets them attention and energy. And it's really unfortunate, but if they're open enough to seeing that, like chronic illness, you know, I'm not saying everybody with chronic illness, that's what's causing it, but it could be a part. It's usually layers. But if they're, they're attached to that ill or they're identified with it, like I have diabetes, you know, this, they might say it's an identity, then that's not gonna change until they're willing to see themselves differently. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you um, for uh, expanding on really the work that you do and helping people to clear these many layers. Um, let's go back to your story here. And we have some really interesting things to talk about as well. I want to give you the opportunity to wrap up uh, anything else about your walk-in. So that was nine years old. And here you are finding new life, having new things activated really in your DNA right? Your DNA was like flipped on or, uh, these memories that switches, yeah, switches, yeah. switches. All right. So then what happened? So, so, um, in that conversation with the master, we were talking about the, you know, cause of the astrology reading. Right. And he said, he said, um, so, so it was like, Oh, so if that was a walk-in, I know my 17, 18 year old self had to be a walk-in and he confirmed it then. Now it was time for me to know. And that opened this whole, like, connecting the puzzle pieces of my life, this life, mm. and my purpose, which was really cool. And just as an aside about uh, astrology, did, um, I, don't, I don't think I mentioned yet about how, also with walk-ins, he suggested us looking into galactic astrology, uh, uh, Mayan astrology, because Mayan astrology is based on the galaxy rather than just the solar system. And any of us who are star seeds, that's a good recommendation. Because you're galactic, you're not just limited by what the, the planets were doing at the time of your birth. It's much, much bigger than that. That can be helpful. You know, astrology is fun, so not distant Western astrology. But 
combining it all together, you can create, you can see a much bigger picture of a, a being's path, an incarnate being's path. So, okay, the Mayan astrology is one galactic astrology that we can use to see that. And I myself don't know much about it. I know that I'm a Skywalker. So what are, this could lead us to the four types of star seeds and why it's important. But how does the Mayan astrology um, give us that galactic expansion? What are some of the themes there that are presented in that astrology? Okay, so it's not something that I'm deeply studied in or anything. We just looked into it enough to kind of, we got our, we got our, our wedding date based on Mayan astrology and things like that, and which lined up perfectly with our mission. And so that, that's kind of as far as I took it at the time. But I'm more intuitive about it. So when you're looking at the galactic perspective, it, it's, it's basically, it's okay, there's the solar system and the planets and the moon and the sun and all of that's in Western astrology. But the, the galactic astrology of the Mayans, of course, we know about the Mayan calendar and all that, right? They're, they, are, they were in tune with the, the galaxy, which of course was extraterrestrials interacting with the Mayans at the time. And so what the, what's happening with Sirius, for instance, can affect you. We all know about the lion's gate, right? Okay. When Sirius aligns with the galactic center of the universe and earth on eight, eight, uh, every year. So it's taking all of this into account, you know, where the Pleiades are at the time of your birth, that's relevant. Okay. Um, particularly if you're from the Pleiades. So I don't, think that Mayan astrology as it is written right now incorporates all of that, but it gets you started. Mm. And who knows, there may be a whole intuitive astrology that, that somebody out there is, is awakening to and is going to be bringing forth that goes even beyond what the Mayans came up with. Maybe it's the human design and um, Richard Rudd's work, what they're, what he's doing. Who knows? Yeah. That could be a part of it. That could be a part of it. I mean, they're, they're all just um, context. They're markers. I'm, I'm Markers, yes. Yeah, I'm very much into not limiting yourself or saying I'm a this, I'm a that, or having someone categorize you that way because I find a lot of times with astrology, particularly with astrologers, sometimes they will want to know someone's sign right away. Yeah. And they'll want to pick you apart. And that's not cool to me. It's like, get to know my heart, get to know my heart. And then maybe we can look at the astrology for fun, but you're not seeing me. You're seeing my chart. You're seeing my, <laughs> yes. you know, it, and that's not really connecting with someone. It's analyzing them. And, okay. and I, I don't think that's, that's really beneficial. I'm not saying all astrologers do this, but get to know someone first. And just, if you can see them not through your astrology lens, Mm -hmm. And just mm -hmm. who they are, because they're a soul that goes way beyond, way beyond that astrology chart. That's the key. It's the soul, and it's taken quite a journey. All right, I think it's fascinating. So then there's the four types of star seeds. Yeah, so this is one of those things that, um, that there's a lot of misunderstanding out there. So I hope this will help clear things up. This is my perspective and how I categorize it. Somebody might categorize it a little bit differently. But a lot of people think starseed means you're an advanced soul from the stars and you're coming in and you're here to awaken and ascend. And that's very, very general. It turns out basically almost everybody at this point on the planet is from somewhere else to some degree, meaning you've had lots of lifetimes in other worlds. There's been a huge turnover in this last century where what we call 
could be called indig indigenous humans, um, hum beings who've been incarnating over and over and over again on Earth for thousands and thousands of years and ha don't have as much galactic experience in other, other star systems. And, but in this past century, there's been a changeover where more and more beings from other star systems, per, their predominant experiences are in other star systems, are coming in and incarnating. And that's, that's part of the whole point in helping, in helping the planetary transition that's going on because you need new energies. Earth has been so stuck because it's been going round and round in the same type of philosophies and perspectives. And of course, there's also been the dark forces that have been trying to keep a humanity from awakening as well. So by the, the prime directive, like they say in Star Trek, right? You can't go and interfere with another species directly. Um, we're incarnating and becoming human. We're taking on the dysfunctions and the confusions of be, that humans have in the human collective. And then we are healing them through our own personal experience, like we were talking about. We're here to heal them and own them and transition through them. And they say, like, you're becoming a galactic human, right? That's the name of one of the books. You, and then you're awakening your starseed self in that process. You, if you're an advanced starseed, and not everyone is, but if you're an advanced starseed, it's like you've done this before, you've incarnated or you walked in, and you're here to transmute or transform a human consciousness, okay? From dysfunction to function, to optimal alignment with the divine ideal, or some people say the divine blueprint. We say that in my collective, we say the divine ideal, which encompasses more than the blueprint. But that's what you're here to do. And so many starseeds are avoiding their feelings. It's you gotta get into the emotions. You gotta get into being human and claim your humanness and then ascend that human. You cannot ascend this body if you're avoiding being in your body. I help people get in their body and own your body. You have to own something before you can change it. You know, you get, before you can transform it, you can't own something that you're in denial about. And it feels really good to float in the clouds, but it doesn't really. Your body needs healing. Your body's holding a lot of damage and, and wounding from just being on earth. Just being on earth is traumatic, folks. You <laughs> think you know? <laughs> It's so backwards and upside down from the way the rest of the universe works for the yes. most part. It's the opposite. Yes. It's so, so then shouldn't we, this sounds like George Costanza on Seinfeld, when he started doing the opposite of what he was normally doing, his life fell into great um, wonder, right? He got a girlfriend, things were happening in his favor. So really we need to just start doing the opposite. And when we focus on love, it's all centered on love. And that could be hard for us to handle if we're still carrying that pain. Yes, right? you, can't, you can't embody the love of your own soul presence. It can't, it can't integrate into your cells and into your quantas. I should say, everything is, comes down to a, a quantum energy field that your body is. It can't integrate. It can't operate through your chakras if you've got all kinds of walls and barriers. And, and it, basically, if you can see it, it's like a tangled mess of wires. And, and, you know, I, I could see that way back when I started doing hands-on healing and helping untangle those wires. Mm. And now I use even faster processes. But sometimes I still do the energy work too. I'm going into people's consciousness and untangling those wires or a big pile of spaghetti, as some people say. That's, yeah. that's the conflicts, the, the illusions, the misunderstandings, the, the false modeling you took on from your parents and your church and your school. All of this is this big tangled mess. 
and they're all over your field and in your chakras. And it's just a mental construct, distortions. It is, it is. And it can be solved. It can be released, but it cannot be done if you're avoiding it. If you're avoiding any discomfort, if you're avoiding your own emotions, you're avoiding yourself. And you can't integrate, you cannot ascend if you're avoiding your own self. Ascension is embracing all of you and loving all of you. Moving from the head to all these ideas of what you should be, what a master is supposed to be, what a spiritual person is supposed to be. All of these things are concepts. They're not true. They're not real. Move into your heart. Move into your gut, your lower chakras. Starseeds, I know you don't like being in your lower chakras, but you got to get in your lower chakras and love them and love everything in there and heal it. The more you do that, then the more you're going to accelerate your evolution and your ascension. And it's going to become easier. It's going to become easier when you practice love, loving yourself and accepting yourself. And with all your foibles and all your stuff, it's not personal. It's just stuff that you took on to transmute. It's not that you're bad. But see, shame is the emotional energy that's the core that's holding everything up. You know, we talked about humility. And it's hard for people to go into humility because shame is the is the hardest emotion to transform and we normally can't go directly there we have to heal fear and guilt and other things around it before we can get to that place of self-judgment but we start by practices of self-acceptance and i'm okay as i am it was a misunderstanding you know that judgments that people put on me or that i assumed i had to be you know if you got a lot of uh religious programming uh, I see, you know, new earthers, they're, they're just trans, they're just transferring all those old beliefs onto their, their new spiritual, uh, beliefs. There's a saying, um, same God, new crystal, same old God. They're transferring the concepts of God or the concepts of themselves and how they're supposed to be as a spiritual person into their new spiritual path and not even realizing it. And they th- they're trying to be something they think they're supposed to be and never have anger It's like, no, that's not how it works. You have anger. Anger is a natural biological part of your system to define your boundaries. If someone is crossing your boundaries, Mm. anger is a natural physiological biological reaction to push them away energetically. Okay. But those boundaries were crossed when you were a child and you couldn't, you weren't allowed to be angry. A lot of times you were punished for it. So that got suppressed. Plus, if you got religious programming that you're never supposed to be angry, then you've got all this conflict inside. You know, really every illness, everything that's not working could be, could be come down to basically you've got a conflict in consciousness. Your true heart self knows the truth. And a belief has come into your consciousness that is conflicting with that, that's not true. But you're believing it and trying to hold it up. And it's mostly unconscious. That's why it's so hard to get to this stuff, folks. We got to do it. We want to ascend. We got to do it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, again, that's what you do when you work with your clients is you really help them shift out of those conflicts. Identify conflicts in consciousness and shift out of them. Heal them. And again, it's in the body. This is in the body. So it's an immaculate awareness. All right. Thank you for that um, little journey. Yeah, we've got the four star seeds. Exactly. The four types of star seeds. So, yes. So, so there's, there's the kind of star seeds they're, they're from some other star system predominantly, but they're not necessarily an advanced soul. Okay. Just because you're from somewhere else doesn't mean you're 
any more advanced or have had a ton of lifetimes. A lot of souls are coming in to experience the earth congestion and conflict because it's an awesome opportunity to evolve quickly. You take on a bunch of craziness and illusions and then work your way through it. But those star seeds are not necessarily here to ascend. Okay, they, they aren't really, they, they're just not capable yet. They have a lot, they need to have a lot more lifetimes and experiences. And they know that, that that's, that's not what they're here for. In fact, sometimes they're the ones who play the villain in your story, like the mm -hmm. abuser or the perpetrator, that sort of thing. That's where they are in their stage of development as a soul. And so there needs to be a villain sometimes in this world, okay, in order to help you awaken to your ability. Mm. I, I, I don't like that, but it's a fact. That's the way humanity is set up right now. And um, but it's, I use the example of The Matrix. You know, after the 20th time watching the, the Matrix movie, I'm like, why does there got to be a Mr. Smith? Why does there got to be a villain? But it, boom, it got really clear. It's like Neo would not have discovered his ability had he not been challenged. Okay. And Mr. Smith acts as the challenge the, the, the push against that causes Neo to take action that he wouldn't have taken otherwise and then ultimately discovered his true potential, okay? Ultimately, we evolve out of that. On other star systems, most of them have evolved out of that. They don't need that dynamic anymore. But Phew. Earth, Earth <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. That's where we're heading, right? But Earth still does to a certain degree until you don't anymore. You don't need struggle in order to awaken. Once you make this shift, it's about the joy. It's about the adventure and claiming your joy and that being your motivator. But unfortunately, because of all the dysfunction on this planet and in our consciousnesses, we need pain usually to motivate us to make a change. And the, the quicker you let go of that and the more you embrace the journey rather than fight it and fight being here and, and, and all of that and fight being in a body, and just embrace it the, the, and make it about joy and discovering your joy, the easier and the more fun it's going to be. Just um, shifting to the joy, shifting to the joy. Um, any techniques real quick that you have for people to do that? Shifting. Just, okay. Mm -hmm. Very, fairly easy. What do you love? What do you enjoy? And I don't mean necessarily an action, although it could be. There's plenty of people who enjoy things but don't allow themselves to do them because they think they're too busy or they think it's too frivolous. Never, ever downplay joy, okay? If you love a warm, hot soak in a bath and with your favorite essential oils and that evokes joy in you, do it. Don't keep putting it off. Make it a part of your regular life. If you enjoy that peaceful walk in nature, do it regularly. Get in the energy of that. If you love looking at a mountain scene or a flower or a, or a group of flowers, I'm feeling it right now. It's just so beautiful. You know, your favorite colors, bring them into your life. I've had clients who are like, oh, my favorite color is purple. I'm like, why do you never wear purple? Well, it hadn't occurred to me. Wear your favorite colors, please. You know, have them in your environment. I do property clearing too. That's kind of a side uh, work that I do for my clients who are getting healing work sometimes and 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 they send me pictures of their um, I'm like why do you, why are you, why is your furniture brown when you don't like brown change it make it you know to something beautiful that evokes joy 
Okay. Yes. And it's an energy. And this is how we manifest with this energy. Yes. This is it energy. Can, it's a, it's it you in the vibe. It, it's, um, it goes quantum. It brings us into new earth. It's new earth creation. Solution energy is found there. Yes. Yes. The solution is not found in the old thinking. You know, the Einstein has that, there's that quote from Einstein, you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created the problem. That's very, very true. Mm -hmm. And most people are trying to solve their issues with the same thinking that got them into the issues. And a lot of that has to do with avoidance or hurry up and fix. My approach as a practitioner and as a mentor and teacher is not about you have problems to fix. Is, is the, the whole concept of right and wrong is still polarity. Good and bad is still polarity. If you even have the concept of fix in your mind, then you are operating from a polarity perspective. Everything has a purpose. Absolutely everything has a purpose. And a lot of people think when you, if you were to accept it, if you're to accept something you don't like about you, then that means you're stuck with it. But the opposite is true. If you resist it, that keeps it going. Mm. Okay. If you resist the fact that you have this health issue or this emotional issue or whatever, that keeps it going. Okay. Loving yourself, practicing. It's a practice. So you can't just jump there. Accepting yourself. Affirmations is a step, but uh, you also need to acknowledge how you actually feel. So in EFT, you know, a lot of people think, you know, oh, I don't want to talk about the problem. You absolutely need to talk about the problem because that's how you honestly, authentically feel. Mm -hmm. So that's why we start with the karate chop point and we're talking, we state the problem and then I accept myself, you know, or something like that. So it's like, you know, even though I have this uh, stomach problem, I'm willing to accept myself. See, you're putting it out on the table, you know, even though... I can never seem to get it right. I'm willing to accept that this is an illusion I'm carrying in my mind. You know, challenge the beliefs. Even though uh, I can't seem to, to attract a, a healthy relationship, I'm willing to love myself. And maybe that's where it needs to start. See, mm -hmm. these, are, these are things, and I'm listening while I'm working with someone, and I'm hearing what the thoughts are and bringing it forward. It needs to come out of you and be put on the table and just say, okay, here's how it is. I've got this problem. I got this. I've got a crappy car. I don't have much money, blah, 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 and I'm not happy about it. Fine. Be honest. Now we can do something with that. We can transform it to the reality, but we can't do that as long as you're not admitting to yourself. And again, I mentioned 12-step programs last time. That's the key to the 12-step program. You cannot transform an addiction. Food, whether it's, whether it's food, sugar, coffee, cigarettes, alcohol, you cannot transform it as long as you are not willing to admit that you have succumbed to it and that you don't have control over it. That's the first step. We admitted we had a problem with XYZ and that our lives become unmanageable. So, it, you know, your, your whole life might not be unmanageable because you're addicted to coffee, for instance, but there's a part of you that is. If you're addicted, then you're not being your authentic self. There's some part of you that's attached and not embracing your wholeness. So we got to admit it first. Now we can do something with that. We can welcome in the higher power to assist. It's really beautiful. 
It is really beautiful. And we're going to go on with your story and the other types of star seeds. But I just want to let everyone know who's watching or listening that on this webpage is a really great way for you to work with Somra and have a session with her because you're hearing what she does and how she begins to um, unravel that conflict in consciousness. It's really quite magnificent. Okay, so that would be the first type of star seed. Anything okay, else? Yeah. yeah. Advanced or not necessarily advanced. They're not here to awaken. They're not here, definitely not here to ascend. Awakening is on a stage to ascension. Um, they may not even be here to evolve all that much. The soul is, but the human may be going at what you think of as a snail pace, those of us who are rapid transformers, right? And these are often our family of origin people who don't, who aren't interested in growth or anything like that. Just accept them, right? You can, you can, once you're not judging any of that or trying to fix people and try to, you know, their ascent, them being able to awaken and ascend does not affect you. You can ascend, you can live in the new, the new earth whether they do or not they're on their journey they're in their own world that's a question some say family members are not on the same page so to speak do you have to still be with your family can you still be in new earth high frequencies with others who are not and what do you do when you come into each other's reality bubbles yeah that's a really good question and it's a it's a major challenge i'm thinking of starting a support group for this you know mm -hmm. because because it is it, a difficult thing especially like in a work environment but like i said in the last interview we're here to to bring the energy up not conform and go down with our frequency we but, did that been there done that yeah right but here's the thing you got to recognize when you're triggered Okay, so triggered is a, a, a term in psychology and processing, understanding trauma. Okay, you have trauma. You have all kinds of little T traumas and big T traumas in your history. And so if you are around some, a family member of origin, see, this is the gift. This is a part of your evolution. Uh, and, or someone at work or whatever who just, you know, you just really feel irritated around them. Okay. And they're always talking about this or that that's not pleasant. So there's one thing to go okay we're not a vibrational match and you're at peace with that and you move on you don't spend any energy with that person that's very very important for your evolution do not put your energy where it does not expand you and awaken okay. your joy okay mm -hmm. with people or whatever even if it's family of origin they're not going to understand that's part of the problem if they understood you would be in resonance they would be respectful don't okay? go to their house on the holidays or do no, if you don't want to, don't. Please give yourself permission. These are traditions that are imposed on humanity. Okay? Mm -hmm. I stopped doing Christmas 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay? It, it's like, it, I always hated it because it's like, we're all supposed to smile even though all this BS is going on in the background and pretend that we're happy when, right. you know, you know you're, you're critical and this and that. You know, no, not going there. Not going there. And mm -hmm. I recognize that it was very... Um, damaging to my evolution i'm here to evolve and awaken and ascend so but it's no fun it does not expand my joy okay, okay. to do those things mm -hmm. so you have to set those boundaries folks if you want to really awaken to your joy and your fulfillment in life and so you have every right to and you don't have to be mean about it you can be completely loving it's just like 
this doesn't resonate with me. I, I have this whole thing. I'm, I'm planning to write a book at some point called called something like, yes, you can say that. You know, it's like, um, you know, I, I really don't relate to, to the Christmas thing anymore, but y'all go have a good time. You know, you have a good time. So you can put it on an uplifting note and we'll connect later. Yes. You know, okay. Thank you. Um, then the next evolution in that would be to take charge and create a high vibrational experience, something new, right? Um, Seinfeld again calls it Festivus for the rest of us. That's just all in good humor. But th this, there's a seriousness here where, you know, if, if some are called to do something for their family because they say, wow, you know, I don't, I just, you know, some of the greatest spiritual teachers will say, if you really want to go work on yourself, go love your family. So now the way I see that would be, can we hold this evolution in our vibration and still let in, and it must have healthy boundaries, right? So this would be the next phase. Would you say to create a, an experience that would help uplift them? Well, again, they, you have to honor their free will choice. They may not want to uplift. The uplifting is for you. Okay. It's for you. And then others have that free will choice to attune to you or stay where they're at. And we must yeah. honor that. Yeah. We're not here to convince anybody of anything. Okay. And I'm not going to put myself in an environment that doesn't feel good, that doesn't enliven and enrich who I am, that doesn't validate who I am today. Many times with family of origin, they want to hold you in that old vibration. They want, they keep projecting it on you that you're this, and they treat you like a child. A, a lot of times the parents and so forth, that they keep rehashing the past. That actually, it's very hard to, to deal with that because understand folks, trying to be a certain way and actually being it is two different things. And if you're trying to match some ideal of, you know, I would never tell people to go home and love your family. That's, that to me is, it would be more like if you're going to be around your family, notice your triggers and take that as oh. valuable information and go process it. There you go. There, that's great. And it's not it's not hating them or anything like that. You you it's, it's about embodying your, your love. Yes, it's about respecting yourself and energy. Um, yeah. I get that. And and so that would be like the next level once someone is able to truly know that they are loving themselves completely and setting boundaries, healthy boundaries, then they can take that. It is a high level evolution of yeah. mastery, really later, yeah. later, later. <laughs> right. And, and truly, you know, the, the, the truly advanced ascended masters, you know, like the, the ET collective I'm with, they, you know, we, it's about refining. And as you move more and more into mastery, you're refining. And it's like, where do I want to put my energy? Do you want to keep putting it in a place that's that's not being received? You just hit brick walls. Do you want to keep, you know, don't, and okay. from just from a psychology, human well-being point of view, it is not healthy to put your human self in an environment that is degrading to you. Okay. That, that, that is not acknowledging your power. And to keep doing that, you're slowing down your evolution. Beautiful. Unless if you're doing it consciously and going, oh, okay, I just got triggered there. Make yes. a note. I'm going to go mm -hmm. process that. There mm -hmm. are some people that do interact with their family of origin just for that purpose. That's a good perspective. Limited. Yes, that's a very good perspective. Pay attention in that way. Thank you. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So that that's that's what I you know I'm just big into choose what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're avoiding something, that means if you're afraid, that's a trigger. That's something for you to heal. You know. And it's not about eventually being so you can be around anybody. That's not what you're here to do. You're here to be around the people who are in resonance with your evolution and where you're going. And that may or may not be those people of your family of origin. Great. Thank you for that. All right. It's very helpful, I know, for so many. All right. So the first, it could be an advanced star seed, but not necessarily evolve You're off wake the planet. Up. Yeah, yeah. And and usually those are the, the not not advanced uh, star seeds in terms of their soul evolution. Not advanced. Um, okay. Yeah. And then there is a second kind, which I call, they're, they, they're not advanced necessarily or an old soul either, um, but they are here to wake up to some degree not necessarily a full ascension. So they're, they're not at the level yet in their soul evolution. They haven't gone through uh, you know, a, a significant bulk of lifetimes yet. And they're here to, to just to evolve and to awaken to a certain degree along with the planet. But they're going to probably, you know, they're gonna drop the body and die like the normal way, uh, normal, I say the common way over the, the last several thousand years that, that most people do on earth. And, uh, but, but that's no less of a soul. It's just understanding all of this helps lighten your load. Those of you who are worried that if these people don't wake up, New Earth's not going to happen. It's, that's not how it is. Everyone's on their own journey and they're just not capable. They don't have the circuitry yet. They don't have the experience and that's okay. It just is where they are. And so that's a type of soul, uh, star seed. They may be from, they could be from the Pleiades or Arcturus or whatever, but they're not here to wake up at all, or, or they're here to wake up to a certain degree. And it's not that hard to tell. Whenever you introduce a new idea, do they bat it away? Do they, do they keep arguing for their limitations and arguing for why it is the way it is? Are they stuck on 3D ideas? that it has to be this way and men are this and women are that and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And, and why are you failing? You know, why, why don't you have a career going by now? You know, all of these ideas, that's 3D stuff. That's not true. You are on your own path. You're right where you need to be, okay? And they are too. And so it's about accepting, just accepting where everything is rather than trying to fight it and struggle with it or impose what you think it should be. That's 3D, that's polarity thinking. You're not coming from a place of oneness. Oneness accepts everything and everyone where it's at. And it's not trying to fix or change it. That's polarity thinking, okay? And you're just here to be you, to discover you, to heal you, to awaken to you, and you will naturally affect the people around you who want to evolve. And those who don't will naturally fall away. Don't try to hold on to them. And your life's going to get so much better. And your evolution's going to happen so much more easily. So that's, that's sort of the reason of understanding these types. And the third type may or may not be an advanced soul or advanced ET. But they contain, usually they are at this point, where they contain actual uh, extraterrestrial DNA that was inserted, so to speak, at your conception. Okay. And so your body's conception, you literally have physical extraterrestrial DNA incorporated in. That's kind of more like the star seed that I think of. It's a seed, so to speak, that's planted in. And when I did my matrix re-birth, uh, birth re-imprinting, 
uh, went through that. I've, I've gone through it three times, and I think it was the first one. Um, I literally saw that, that star seed come in, and it was, I wasn't expecting it. It was, like a, it was like a tiny rocket ship that went right in at conception. The DNA, the... Yeah, yeah, it's like a pod. It's like a seed pod. It's a literal thing. And a lot of times parents are brought together because this is orchestrated way before that. And you've got a whole team of, of extraterrestrials, soul family, working together to bring, bring those parents together to conceive you, okay? And it, there's way more going on here than just two people who think they're in love or, <laughs> or having a, a moment of passion or whatever and wow. creating a, and a baby comes out of it. Way more going on here. There are no accidents whatsoever. And so there are star seeds who actually have DNA in, in, inserted in that process with the chromosomes and all this kind of stuff that goes on uh, with the embryo, okay? And, uh, and I'm one of those uh, where that definitely happened, and I got lots of circuits turned on with that, or they're, they're often time-delayed, what I, what I call time-delayed. They're going to release, time capsules are going to release later in life at certain stages, those abilities, as well as some of those genetic features. I've already had some genetic features change. But you have just enough DNA from your parents to look like them to make it believable that you're from that family. Believe it or not, that's deliberate. So even if you look like your family of origin, that may have just been on purpose to help you feel like you fit in and make it believable to everyone around you that you're a part of that family when really you're an extraterrestrial, physically. How would you know? How would one know? It's kind of an intuitive thing. Like anybody listening, if you've got chills and you're like, I've always known, you know, that sort of thing, that's probably a clue right there. I'd say um, that's happening right now for many, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be my first guess. You could you could have it confirmed from certain practitioners. It's not necessarily something that that uh, I intuit, but um, but I do know people who can. But but most often it's it's about you discovering it from within yourself. If this lights up something inside you, and an incitement, enthusiasm, it's a good chance that you're onto something. That there's something in this for you. That you probably do have some some extraterrestrial DNA and you know you're actually from another place. I mean, I knew that, you know, I'd look in the mirror and I'm like, when I was a kid and I was like, I was left on a doorstep by extraterrestrials. <laughs> of course we called them aliens back then, <laughs> but loving extraterrestrials, by the way, the big difference between the grays and the ones that did all the abduction and stuff. Those are, those are negative ETs. Those are very few in the galaxy. Now, Hollywood wants people, wants humanity to think that, that it's a hostile universe through all of their movies and that there are scary aliens out there. That is actually very, very few. That was a deliberate thing planted to keep humanity asleep and afraid of connecting with their star family. And, and you know, the rest of the galaxy interacts with each other. Earth is very shut off. Now, there are, it's happening all the time. It's just not publicly known. There are extraterrestrials walking, full-blown extraterrestrials walking among us. Wow, that is a really fascinating topic. Can we come back to that one? Yeah. Because I want to interject in Lake Titicaca, there is a museum, an alien ET museum. And it was from this area that the locals, in their tongue language, they would remember um, ships landing there. And so in this museum, is a stone replica carving of 
what one of these beings look like, and it looks just like E.T. And we've heard that even the creator, who was the guy who created E.T.? Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. The movie E.T. The movie E.T. The movie yeah, E.T. Back yeah, back in the 80s, who we all saw and loved. That's what you're referring to. It's a higher frequency being, or it's someone um, from the love frequency. But this was in the um, museum, and it was said that Steven Spielberg saw that museum. He was in that museum, and that was the inspiration for E.T. Isn't that fascinating? It is, it is. And there's a whole subject about, yeah, Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. yes, yeah, so, ma so many things are, are based on reality. You know, the, the show Star Trek, Yes. Um, was uh, a lot of those episodes are channeled, mm -hmm. and they're 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 literal. If they're definitely metaphorical for what's really going on, most of them. But um, yeah, uh, Gene Roddenberry was a genius and really brought in a lot of that stuff, as well as many of the other writers. They were channeling. Sometimes they didn't even know they were channeling real real stories about real beings. Oh yeah, right. Okay, love Star Trek. Okay. Yes. Now yes. there's still the fourth to go. But did you want to add anything about the aliens walking around among us this is the dna insert right or well do you there, there's else? that but there's actually they they literally grew up lived, lived on another planet and they are secretly here so to speak they're walking among us and look just like us now omnic onek um the venusian she her story is that she came on a spaceship and they came in through tibet through the monasteries in tibet isn't that an interesting thread and they yes, acclimate yes. to the altitude, to being in a physical body in the high altitudes. And then they're able to move around on the earth. That's fascinating. I'm getting chills on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and really in ancient times, they, there's, you know, like the, the Bible even talks about the giants, okay, mm -hmm. that walked amongst the earth. There's been all kinds of species on this planet. And the yes. giants are very literal. Um, the yeah, bones are any, still here on the planet. Yeah, yeah, they are there. And some of them are slightly out of phase. Okay, so understand folks that, that there's vibrational phases. Okay, so this is like a Star Trek term, right? You know, so with something slightly in a different frequency where most people can't see them. Okay, mm. some people can, but there are many different frequencies of beings here. And the more perceptive you are, the more you can see them or hear them or feel them. Or can you see them? Can you see them? Sometimes, sometimes it just depends. I've got, you know, like any human, I've got a lot to keep up with. So our attention could only be on so many things, but yes, it's usually a vibrational feel. And most people can feel that, I, you know, I am, you know, I, I, this body was born in this planet, but the rest of me is, is very little to do with it. Mm -hmm. And they can feel, you know, that I'm not from here, so to speak. Um, but yes, it's it's a vibration or there's a slight shift in the eyes. Like sometimes you can see, particularly those who are from the Pleiades, they have slightly different eyes a lot of times. But you, people just, you know, will pass it off. Oh, they're foreign or whatever. They don't even think about it. But no, they're extraterrestrials walking around. Sometimes when you see a really tall person, absolutely striking, beautiful, I mean, that happens. I was at Esalen with someone uh -huh. and we were like, that person is ET, is an ET. Yes. Is, this, is this what we're talking about? And what it are they could, here for? It could be, it could be, or it could be they have a lot of ET genetics, you know, long and okay. lanky. My body uh -huh. is is tall, long and lanky, very much like I am in the, uh, on the stars, uh, on the space station, as well as my eighth dimensional self, which is, you know, my highest version of self, Sol Ra. And 
so I really relate to that form, you know, and, and the body will sometimes emulate that to a certain degree. Often really short people, you know, around five feet, five feet two, I'm like, ah, Pleiadian, I recognize you. You know, that the, almost always there, uh, there's a Pleiadian species that's around three feet tall. And uh, beautiful beings, they ascend, they're very awakened and advanced. Um, uh, sometimes th these people are fairies. They're predominantly fair, have predominantly fairy lifetimes. And that's one reason why they incarnated in a short form. But yeah, you, it's a vibe you can feel. Um, and it just depends. I mean, I, it's a case by case, whether they're actually, we were born uh, from the stars or they were born in a physical body, but they have ET DNA. And they're just, they're exemplifying, they're, they're expressing those characteristics. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we still have to get to the fourth star seed. Yeah. So the, the fourth one um, is just that they, they may or may not be advanced, but they don't necessarily have uh, extraterrestrial DNA at the time of conception, but it may be inserted along the way. So that can happen with any star seed. Okay. Because as most of you know, you're being tweaked and adjusted at night when you're asleep. And some people are even wake up and it's happening or they're having dreams of it or we're really aware. You lay down and you start to feel points on your body being touched. Now it's happening in the daytime too, but we're usually pretty occupied. But that's, that's your star family working on you and making adjustments in your field, okay? Wow. To help, help you wake up. Yeah, help you on your spiritual path or to direct you down a certain direction and remember, all of this is in cooperation with your soul and what your soul is wanting and why it's here. So this is your team working in conjunction with your soul self to make these adjustments and maybe planting something where a vibration that you're to, to meet someone, say six months down the line. And so they're implanting a frequency to help you find that person. Wow. I mean, it's a variety of things. Yeah, going on. Or it can happen in meditation and you start to feel, you know, some, po you know, touching or parts of your body light up. They're working on us all the time, basically. Awareness, awareness, awareness of that. All right. That is our goal is to really be aware and read that energy. That's cool. Wow. And just as, just as an aside about the, the four blood types, because I had mentioned. Yes. Um, absolutely fascinating subject. I won't elaborate too much, but I, um, I always knew in my inner knowing that the four blood types have to do with extraterrestrial origins. So the, that because it doesn't make sense, especially where there's some that aren't compatible. That doesn't make sense in evolution. Would it be, would you think that our races are different physical, my husband and I were just talking about this, are the different races on the planet, are they f from different places in our galaxy? Absolutely. In our solar, in our solar system. Absolutely. Or, or beyond our solar system. Or beyond yeah. the solar system, yeah, our like, galaxy. Like you don't take one, you know, um, if we do the, the, the regular what anthropology, and, and, and I almost became an anthropology minor in, in college, but it's like you don't go that fast, evolve that fast into what all the varieties we have today. Yeah, that they would say that if you have darker skin, you were living in the sun area of the sun belt of the planet, right? The geological reasons for the races on this planet never made sense because you see the Eskimos in Alaska and they have dark skin, right? Yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from my point of view, the human body template is designed for the tropics, really. It's not really designed for cold weather. We don't have Thank fur. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, exactly. you for saying that. 
We we don't have fur, and what you're left with in the in the higher levels is there's not much plant life. Our body's designed for plants for for ingestion, not animals. And so, it, and that's a whole other story, uh, which I could come back to at some point, and, and the flood and what all that, how that happened, and how that's actually taken us into more density to ingest oh. animals. Oh okay? yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you have less variety the further north you go. In the tropics, we have everything we need. It, it, this body is designed for fruit, for pre- predominantly. And so, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so from my point of view, there was a there was a focal point more in the the tropics. So, of course, the planet way back when was seeded with humanity, and it was different. It was very, very different. It was much warmer. And Lemuria, Atlantis, these are all more tropical type places. Okay this is more natural to the human form. And I just want to add on that. I've thought about this. I've observed it in my own experience. I've lived in Guam in the tropics. And whenever I'm in the tropics, there's such an openness and open heartedness. And it's like, is it the sun belt? Is it the sun? And I really want to say, yes, it is. There's something people are friendly, friendlier to each other. Our hearts are open in the tropics. The sun is definitely a part of it. You know, uh, again, the agenda wants to keep everybody afraid of the sun. And they talk about the dangers of UV rays and all that. There's way more to it than that, folks. And a lot of, you know, people existed long, long, long ago and were out in the sun all the time and did not get burnt. They did not get sunspots, okay, and things like that. It's a whole other big story that has to do with toxicity in the body and belief systems. And we're going to bring you back for several more QCs. In fact, we're going to be doing a new Zoom audience with everyone, and that's going to start soon. So we're going to have details to that, and we're going to have Somra back for a beautiful uh, live Zoom, intimate little audience with everyone for more Q&A. But there is more to say about the blood types, so go ahead. Yeah, I'll do that really quick, and then we have more of, of the walk-in story to, to, yes, to wrap yes. up. So um, I did get it confirmed in conversations with my uh, ascend, uh, ET Ascended Master Mentors that um, the four blood types are, there are basically three predominantly seeding races way back millions of years ago, the beginning of what we think of as humanity now, which wasn't this, this exact form. Um, it's been tampered with, as we know, through the century, through the thousands of years, by uh, ET races that didn't necessarily have positive intentions for humanity and actually shut off a lot of our abilities. And I could talk about that at another time because that's very insightful because you can reawaken those abilities. They stripped our DNA down to two strands, which we know is originally 12 strands and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, the, the template way back in the beginning, Pleiadian, Syrian, Arcturian, okay? Type A blood is predominantly um, Pleiadian, oh, sorry, Syrian, type A blood. That means you, you, are, you, you are an ancestor of that predominant lineage, okay? And, and when your parents come together, they might have different blood types, but the one that, that um, becomes your blood type, there's a reason for that. None of that's by accident, okay? And so that holds a vibration that is going to cause you to emanate certain characteristics, energies, as well as can help you access certain things in your soul memory, as well as your genetic memory, your genetic lineage, okay? Uh, B is uh, Pleiadian. 
AB is a combination, Pleiadian and Syrian. And type O is Arcturian. Are you an O? <laughs> yes. And I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. But and it you makes could so much be, sense. Yeah. And you, you could actually be, you know, it, it's not always likely, but it is possible that you could have been a part of that creating process and inserting your own DNA as an extraterrestrial in the creation of humanity that would ultimately come what we call humanity and you be a direct descendant of yourself from millions of years ago. It's just so cool. Yes, that, I mean, everyone is just stunned right now. I know that is just really cool. Very, very cool. And when we look at the things that we resonate with, that's a, that's a pathway, it's a roadmap. Yes. And so I've always been drawn to the Arcturians and wow, that's amazing. Okay, Yay. cool. Now, what about the O positive and that sort of thing? Well, that's a whole other subject. Um, the, the, the most I could share with it is that scientists are baffled by the RH negative factor. There's RH negative. The RH, RH negative, positive. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so RH positive has to do with um, the original seeding, the original race that humanity is. RH negative has to do with more recent interference of extraterrestrials, whether positive or negative intentions. Hybrids? Yeah, you could say hybrids. Um, the more, uh, well, there are different races that, that are have different individual agendas. So, so basically it's the last 30,000 years or so that they have been, there wasn't an RH negative factor much prior to that. Okay, they brought that in and oh. it's kind of messed with our genetics a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. So the blood types, um, that's a really great tip for everyone. Go look up your blood type and figure so yourself out. We can still be a part of all these other um, star systems. It's just what is predominant through the blood, right? And there's what your, your body is. You know, there's what your body is versus your, your soul self. You know, I'm predominantly Syrian. Okay. That's, that's where... Uh, most of my lifetimes have been, or that's what's most in resonance that I'm bringing forth here now, okay? But my body's different in terms of the blood type. Plus I've got genetic, you know, I know that I have genetics from other lifetimes that I've lived that have passed down. There's no direct lineage you can find, but I was one of the giants back in Greece. You know, what became the ancient Greek gods, if, if audience doesn't know, those were real giant people. They weren't gods or goddesses, but to the people, the little people on earth, it looked like they're almighty. You know, they're huge. You know, I was almost 30 feet tall in that lifetime. And I actually have her genetic lineage, her, her genetics in my body now that actually I'm a descendant of her as well as I have the soul uh, awareness of the lifetime. Yeah, being so tall. Okay. All right. Well, I know that you're going to do um, a, a matrix re-imprinting for New Earth, and we're going to do that just shortly. But what about this walk-in with Somra? Okay. Okay. So I, I, so at that point, I had discovered, yeah, my nine-year-old self. My it was a walk-in. That walk-in happened then, and around 1718. So, and then of course I had the one um, near my 30s, where with the when I met my my twin flame. Anyway, and then. Uh, as we did get married and, uh, we're, you know, doing the relationship thing while we were also doing our, our mission, you know, trying to, we were doing groups together, channeling groups together. I would channel sound. He would channel, uh, the masters 
teach do teachings. I would do healing work on everyone while the channel was going. And it was pretty cool. It was really a neat time. But personality-wise, we weren't meshing very well. We didn't know what the problem was, but we were we didn't have the language at the time about triggered, but basically we were constantly triggering each other. And I had read about twin flames prior to that, that that could happen, where basically your stuff is constantly, your, your buried issues are constantly reflecting, as well as your power, you know? So a lot of people think there's, you're supposed to find your twin flame, and that's just not the case at all, okay? There's so much out there, and it makes people feel like inadequate sometimes. I'm helping some people, you know, they come to me, I'm like, oh, how am I ever going to find my twin flame? It's like, you're not necessarily here to do that. It's a specific type of planned relationship to catalyze awakening and for a certain mission. It may or may not work out, folks, and that's not a failure. And that's ultimately what happened with my partner is I felt, I felt like a failure, you know, I failed on my mission and all of that. But as souls, we were very compatible vibrationally. Okay. It means basically you're, you're the same vibrational frequency and that's what makes you a twin. doesn't mean there's only one out there. It's, it's about a vibrational match on a soul level, but on a personality level, there were a lot of things that didn't mesh up, you know? And so it was a struggle on a regular basis. And so we would separate and come back together and separate and come back together, you know, and it would be beautiful. And then there would be conflicts again. And so what we, uh, we didn't discover necessarily how to resolve this at this point, but what happened was, oh, about a year and a half later, we ended up getting new walk-ins. So that was to try to try to keep things going better. Basically, we got the higher selves of the walk-ins we had, and that was Som Ra, okay, that came in. So Som Ra is you know, my, my eighth-dimensional self, who's a much, 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 much more advanced being. And as that being came in, uh, and Ananaria walked out, um, I was able to then have access to a whole lot more of who I am. And that was just the beginning and a whole lot more capability in where this mission was going. And he got to walk into. So now tell us about that, because did you guys plan it? Did you invoke the higher self? Did it happen together? What happened? It was coming to the point where we were, we were going to break up completely. Mm. And so this was kind of like a, a last ditch measure, I think with our teams. All right. You know, it's like, okay, these two aren't working out. Let's try the, you know, others. And so we just, you know, switch out. And so it just, it just happened. It just happened. And we weren't sure that the new souls were going to resonate because we were in a separated state at that point, but, um, things evolved and we came back together on a whole new level that was profoundly beautiful that we couldn't access before because we were so busy being challenged and triggered all the time, right? And just trying to make things flow, plus dealing with unconscious things we didn't know we had at the time. We discovered much later, both of us had a lot of abuse in our childhood history that was buried. And it wasn't until years later, after that was resolved, that we could actually harmonize again. And that was what was causing a lot of the underlying conflict. There are still personality differences that just we just don't operate in those contexts. But for the most part, now we, we actually ended up divorcing and separating, but now we are best friends. It's amazing. But what we did was we took out the context of 
romantic relationship and stop trying to make it that like everybody thinks with twin flames. And it's now a beautiful, beautiful relationship of friendship and, and soul connection and embodying and really continuing our mission and helping each other awaken and expand. And at the same time, doing some of our work together as well. So a lot of times twin flames, they're coming together as business partners, or they're meant to come together as friends, not necessarily a romantic relationship or sexual relationship. So any of you thinking about all that, it's just like, stop imposing 3D viewpoints on stuff. That's what humans are doing all the time. Okay, stop imposing those 3D impressions on ourselves okay what you're told how it's supposed to be there is no supposed to be it's whatever works for you beautiful okay somra we are going to bring you back again for a couple of more episodes because it's fascinating and i'm sure that we can all see there's so much more ground to cover so um what we'd like to do now is a matrix re-imprinting for new earth Tell us a little bit about that and then let's go on that journey. Okay, so um, Matrix Reimprinting, as I mentioned last time with the, the, in the special offers, we've got a beginning of life reset. We also have a Matrix Reimprinting session and that you can get with me if you want. And so this is a, a uh, process, a, a, a rapidly transformational process that's usually pretty fun that was born out of EFT tapping on specific points where we're actually go into what's called the matrix field, a field of consciousness where an issue is or a goal is. So we, there's several different techniques within it. Like there's future self matrix reprinting. I do that ancestral healing, past life healing you could do with matrix, but with a, with a collective group like this, and I've never done this before uh, with a group. So this is really fun. Um, we're coming together with a common goal. And as we know, when there's, you know, the two or more are gathered kind of thing, we accelerate the manifestation of that. And I know anybody listening, I'm pretty sure wants to be on new earth, right? You want to be on a more harmonious version of earth. And there are many, many, many versions of earth. And we're on our own individual timeline of earth. You're, you know, to me, there are as many universes as there are people, okay? And then there's a collective one where we're coming together in a common resonance. So we're going to do this from the place of what our common resonance is. And the way the technique is normally taught, it's a little bit different than what I do with the, 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 the ET Ascended Master Collective that I'm a part of. We're more about, we, we teach about focusing on essence rather than form. This is a whole teaching that's really powerful when it comes to manifestation. So I can talk about this more in the future. But a lot of the manifestation teachings out there talk about visualize and get really specific. And if you want the car, see yourself in the car and feel yourself in the car. All that's great. Okay. But it's also very limiting. So from our point of view, when you want to manifest something, focus, you get in touch with the essence of what you want to feel. What, what is the feeling state? And we make a difference between a distinction between emotions and feeling states. Emotions are polaric uh, feelings that are basically like anger, sadness, grief, um, you know, happy. All of that's egoic states. And I, when I say egoic, I don't mean bad. 
That's a part of the ego system. And the ego is not bad, by the way. I'll come back and do a whole lot of teaching about that. A whole lot of misunderstanding about the ego. It's a mechanism you must have in order to interface with this plane. It's just gotten a really bad rap. It's the stuff programmed into it that's wrong, not the ego itself. Or it's not wrong, but damaging. So essence is more like what we call feeling states. That's their embodied states of being, like joy, love, peace, harmony, freedom. These are states of being. They're not emotions that your, your, your human self necessarily feels. Emotions are based on, are reactive. They're based on, this happened, this makes me happy. This happened, this makes me sad. All of that's polaric thinking, okay? Feeling states are what you're made of. You're made of love. You're made of peace. You're made of joy. That is what you are. It's not something to conjure up or find. And it's just been forgotten. Your attention is, is disconnected from it. So getting more within your center with those essence feeling states, then allow source to apply the forms rather than you trying to manifest a form that you think it should be an earth that you think it should be you don't know this is a part of having humility right you don't know but you do know you want to feel peace you do know you want to live in a peaceful world focus on peace not what you think that should look like outside okay this is where your power is. And this is within you. It is not dependent on forms. You can feel absolute peace right now, no matter what's going on in the world or around you. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you can just snap your fingers and be there. It takes practices. That's what spiritual practices are for, to cultivate states of being, okay? They're not discipline and all that kind of stuff. It's to cultivate because you've been going down a certain track this is to get you in the new track. You have to keep practicing it until you've created a new groove and now you're in it. So this process that I'm gonna take us through is about connecting with that essence. And then we're going to see it and then we're gonna step into it. And we're gonna bring more of that back with us to the now moment. Sound good? Okay. Awesome, thank you. So everybody, we can't go wrong when we're dealing with essence. So anybody, whatever you, the, the, those four are really great ones to choose from. Um, whatever resonates most with you. <clears throat> you Now you may think of a form like, you know, you want there to be no more world hunger. Okay, that's a form. That's limiting actually. Okay, what would that mean to you if there was no world hunger? Well, everybody would feel fulfilled maybe. Okay, focus on fulfillment, not ending world hunger. That's again, approaching it from a polarity point of view. If you're trying to change something out there, fulfillment. So you're living, your version of new earth is everyone is living in a fulfilled state and just expanding upon that. It might be harmony, maybe, you know, or peace. Maybe something that that's meaningful to you is you, you want more flow in the world and people stop judging each other and fighting and misunderstanding each other. Okay, harmony. Harmony is the essence to focus on, or peace. Joy, if that's something that's really meaningful to you, you, you're someone who's just, 
you know, it's like you look around, it's like, gosh, so many people are not living in joy. They're just miserable. Okay, maybe your version of new earth, the predominant thing is everyone is living in a state of joy. They're living their joy, you know, or their passion in life. And they, it, so that would be the essence that you could choose for this. And it's all going to work together because we all have a different puzzle piece in bringing forth this new earth. Sound good? Okay. So once you have your, whichever one you pick, and don't worry if you choose peace, then that doesn't mean you're not choosing joy. They're all connected, okay? Just choose the one that's most meaningful for you. And I'm going to guide us through this process. You'll have your eyes closed. And so go ahead and close your eyes now, and I'll direct you through each step of this. <clears throat> Take a few deep breaths. Let them go. And now once you have your essence quality of the version of New Earth that you want to live in, continue to breathe deeply and aim to relax into that state of being, feeling it within your own body. What would harmony feel like? Peace, joy, whichever one it is. Allow your attention to rest on your center and aim to feel it to whatever degree you can. You may notice your body relaxing more as you're focusing on this feeling. And now see in front of you a large movie screen. If you're not particularly visual, that's okay. You can imagine it or just kind of feel into it. And on this movie screen, what is playing is your version of New Earth. Notice what it looks like, colors, images, how people are interacting maybe. What's the air like? What's the ground like? What are the plants like? Don't study it too hard, just relax and notice. And now as you continue to look into this movie screen, look for yourself if you don't, if you haven't seen yourself yet, look for yourself, the you that is in that version already in what you think of as the future, that version of New Earth. Just notice what yourself is doing. How are they interacting? How are they flowing with what's happening around them? And when you feel ready, 
step into that newbie screen and step into your future self, into the body of your future self. And the you that is sitting here in this meditation aim to feel that future self all around you and you are inside of it. You are inside of him or her or it. What are you feeling emotionally? Just notice. Notice the air around you. Is it clean? Is it fresh? Notice the aromas in the air. Notice the people and the nature and maybe the buildings, wherever you are around you. The colors. The sounds. Make it as real as you can. Really connect with it because it is real and it already exists. Notice how everyone's interacting and how you feel. Are you more comfortable? Are you more relaxed? Are you flowing? With people, are you speaking less and listening more, or are you listening less and expressing yourself more, perhaps, than you did before? And once you connect with these positive states of being and this positive experience around you, optimal, your optimal version of New Earth. You sitting in the meditation, put both hands on top of your heart, one on top of the other. And now step out of the movie screen and you're looking at the movie screen again and seeing your version of New Earth taking those feelings with you. And now take a snapshot image of some of the scenes you saw the colors and the feeling state and let them flow down through the top of your head moving down through your brain letting all the neurons in your brain accept this new information moving through your eyes your ears your sinuses your jaw the back of your head your throat your neck All these feelings, colors, images, move them down through your shoulders, arms and hands, chest and back. And allow them to flow down through your torso, through all your internal organs, all your bones and muscles, getting your body attuned to this version of new earth.
allowing these images, feelings, colors to flow down into your hips, your legs, and your feet. Let every cell of your body dance and sing and feel soothed in this new energy feeling states. As it continues to flow through your body, gently place your attention on your heart center and send them out in all directions around you, into your field. These feelings, images, colors, expanding with every breath, getting bigger and brighter, more richer, more fuller, expanding out into the universe. And as they continue to expand into infinity, put your attention again on your heart center and affirm to yourself, this is my reality. It is so. And so it is. Feel yourself accepting this truth. Feel your body accepting this truth. Your version of new earth is real and you've now brought it closer to you. It is so. Take a deep breath and let it go. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes Truly embodying the frequencies of New Earth, attuning to New Earth as we went through that beautiful process and the feeling, the essence of that feeling that we wanted to behold and hold, I realized it's already within us. Yes, yes. And the more you connect with it, the more it becomes so in your physical reality. Yes, I can see that. And so beautiful. Well, we are out of time for today. We're going to take just another few moments and talk about how people can work with you because that's really, I can hear so many that want to jump, jump on board and work with you for your incredible assistance. I just want to add that we're going to bring you back, Somra. There's a couple of things that we still have to talk about, including more of your um, walk-in experiences and um, so much that that's a whole other show and also the fall from grace and um, some of the abilities that got shut off those are all more episodes so stay tuned everyone but ways people can work with you you've got a couple of options that are actually quite popular so tell us about those okay so I have the um First of all, I think it's listed, we have the, the sound channeling events. So as I mentioned last time, 
I started doing uh, channeling sound after one of my walk-ins back in the early 90s, and I eventually developed uh, groups where I would do a sound a channel, channeled sound meditation, and people would come and lie on the floor. Eventually, we had to have everybody seated because the room would be so full. There wasn't enough room for everybody to lie down, and I would take them through a process that includes drumming, and that drumming helps clear energies very quickly on the surface through a vibration. And I would channel sound from the collective, the Trigalian Soundmasters that I'm a part of. There are around 100 different beings from various star systems. And uh, they're masterful at using sound to transform, to shift, to clear. Sound, tra transformational sound is very powerful in helping to bypass blocks you have to and get to places and unlock your abilities um, help clear issues, help you connect with buried emotions that you need to heal, things like that. And it does it very quickly. It's, it's wonderful. And so I'd lead people through this process and they would have physical issues go away in the, uh, in the event, uh, emotional realizations, or they'd be transported to another star system or another time in history um, where they had another lifetime. We had all kinds of feedback. I don't have these on the recordings that people would share at the end but they would talk about all kinds of journeys they went on during that experience. But <clears throat> those, that's what the sound channelings are uh, in, the, in the special offer. And so uh, I also, I would do bring in the sound. Sometimes there would be language of light or uh, a master with a different language would speak through me. And then um, I would usually end with the crystal bowls. Sometimes I would integrate the crystal bowls in. Sometimes there would be other instruments like rattles and bells and all kinds of really neat stuff. Uh, when the fairies would come visit and, and be guest, guest uh, in the uh, singers and the experience through me. And I, I'm a conscious channel. I don't disappear. I'm a participant. And we are in the higher planes negotiating, discussing things every time a sound would come out. It's like, okay, here, we're going to go this direction. We're going to go here. And it's, so it was a really powerful experience. Uh, so each of those, I have three. I created a, a nice little trio pack. Um, one is an 11-11 event. It was recorded on 11-11 uh, 2015, so it has the 11-11 energy, but also is about expanding in self-love, which we talked about is very important and in, in your awakening and ascension process. So it, uh, that, each one has a theme, and that was the theme of that night. And so when you listen to it, it's not about listening with your ears, so earbuds are not recommended. It's, it's best to have a good sound system if you can. Your computer speakers are okay. They may just create a little bit of a plastic sound, but the frequencies coming through is what matters, and it's, and it's touching your body and your aura. That's what you want. It doesn't have to be super loud or turned up. You just need some volume. And the other ones is the angels also. So I channeled the angels that, that night. They came to me the week before and said, we're going to be helping people connect with their angels and being more receptive to our gifts and so that one's called uh, Receiving Your Angel's Gifts, I think, something like that. <clears throat> so uh, as you listen to that, that's the state you want to be in. And at the beginning of each recording, I guide you through a brief meditation to relax and move into that deeper state and welcome the assistance. And that one was really cool. Lots of people connected with their angels that night. And then the other one is the, uh, the renewal one. So that concludes the peat frogs. Like I talked about, I recorded these peat frogs at a creek where I lived at the time. And there were so many and they were so loud that I experienced this huge heart chakra opening being amongst these peat frogs while I recorded it. And I knew I was recording it to incorporate in that sound event coming up. So it's incorporated into it 
as a part of the whole meditation process and transformation. So that one is really, really neat, especially if you love nature sounds. So that's one. Um, another offer is matrix reading and printing. So what we just did is, is not the matrix reading and printing process. That is a version. That is a, a technique within a whole body of techniques. And so when we try to go into deeper states and heal things, uh, particularly from the past, but even when we're trying to manifest, because matrix reimprinting can be used for goal uh, manifesting as well, but we will connect with the past and where you're being held back from that goal manifestation. Because if you were completely in acceptance of that manifestation, it would be here. It would already be here. The fact that it's not shows that there's something in your past holding you back that needs to be resolved. And so we will go through and resolve that, or we can go directly with an uncomfortable memory and, and heal that, that you consciously remember. And it may also inform us of other memories that you didn't know you had that need to be resolved as well. And this is an ongoing process. You know, you can have many sessions with me and we can just unravel everything in your life that has been a conflict, a discomfort that was left unsaid, incomplete, and resolve it all. But it's not about us imposing what we think it should be from here. It's about going in and helping your younger self with what he or she needs and literally developing a communication and a relationship with your past self. And this is like inner child work, but it's more than that. We can go to adult points in time as well. And uh, there's a whole process of matrix birth re-imprinting where we, you know, we rewrite your birth. But there's also um, where we can go into your adult self and heal anything that's left unresolved there. So we go in, we develop that relationship and we find out what that self wanted that he or she didn't get to have or experience or what was the conflict. And we're able to provide that in some way or other. And I'm able to intuit and lead that process um, along the way. So it's very hard to do this type of work yourself because you've got those bypass mechanisms and you don't even realize it that will avoid places that we actually need to go. I can perceive them and I can lead us there in a very gentle, loving way and help it to, you know, to not trigger that self-judgment, right? To help heal where you often took on a judgment of yourself. That's often what the issue ultimately is and help to bring in new perspectives that then we welcome the younger self to accept, not impose, and we only work with what your younger self is ready. And it's a real person. He or she still exists. You have thousands of them all in your field. I perceive them all. There's no point in denying it. They're there. I'm here to help you love them back into your wholeness, which is what it's about. If you want to experience your wholeness, you got to have those pieces back. And the key is, is what you buried with them, which was your joy, your wisdom, your own self-validation, your own self-acceptance. You, you gave it up for what they thought of you, those other people, authorities, parents, church, whatever. And it's time for you to reclaim that back. And that's where your power is. So we're ultimately reclaiming your power with every single piece. And the cool thing is, the more you do this, the more we work together on this, the more, the faster it happens and stuff heals on all different levels. There's also a technique that works with entire themes like a belief in lack. Um, there's a specific technique within matrix reimprinting where we can help heal all of your aspects that believe that at once. That is super cool, you know? So abuse, anything like that, and all the, the you know, sub 
issues that come from that. Um, I'm very skilled and experienced in working with all of that and help you change your quantum field. And we literally imprint it into your now, similar to what we just did with New Earth, and the new feelings. And now it doesn't change your history. We're not about changing your past. You need, your soul chose it to happen the way it did for a reason, for wisdom and understanding it was gaining. So in matrix re-imprinting and it's the unique energy work I do apply with it, we're reclaiming that experience and evolving you more quickly through it. The reason that your soul took you through it in the first place. You start to understand now and the puzzle pieces of your life come together and everything begins to make sense and you will become more of your wholeness steadily, regularly through this process. So I love, love, love this technique. And by the way, I don't have a special offer for EFT. That's one of my go-to techniques. Very powerful. Um, it, if you want that, instead, if you love EFT, just book a matrix re-imprinting session and we can do EFT or we can incorporate both. So I just wanted to let you know that that was an option. And I also have uh, the beginning of life reset, which is, it's been found that the energy you carried in at birth from your parents as well as other conflicting things that your parents and your family environment were experiencing affected you and the development of your baby body. And it literally went into your DNA and went into your baby body. And so if your mother carried depression, that went into you, you know, if she was fearful, that charge of adrenaline ran into your body all the time. And you may be somebody who's jumpy and you don't know where it comes from. And so, we look for all kinds of things and heal them and resolve them. And we start from the very beginning of conception and work with the sperm and the egg. And if you watch the video on the special offers page, I explain it more and help clear the energy around them and get them in harmony with each other, vibrational harmony. And then we move forward month to month and heal everything. And we find that as we get to the seventh, eighth, ninth month, there isn't much left because the issues that, that you took on then were built on the foundation of the issues of the conception in those first few months. As we heal those, the others fall away. You're on a new timeline as it, where those problems don't exist anymore. So we don't change the fact that you're born, just like we don't change what happened to you in matrix re-imprinting. We change how you interpreted yourself. We change the perspective and give you resources you didn't have back then. And then we imprint that into your current quantum reality and change your universe because everyone's in their own universe. You really, really are. That's not just something that sounds really neat. It's really true. You're in your own hologram and you have the power to shift and change it, but not by trying to change your past. You need that. You have lots of timelines of past. So it's basically just putting you on another timeline and you gain the wisdom of what you experienced from the one you originally remembered. So that's what that's like, the, the beginning of life reset. And I get you as far as we can in that session. It may take more than one. Also, uh, I'm trained in matrix birth re-imprinting. If you want to move forward, then we would, could go into the birth and rewrite the birth, which is very important, a very different process as well. Can also do matrix re-imprinting re re for the mother who gave birth, and we can rewrite how that birth went, and that is profound for mothers, and it often changed the, changes the well-being of your children, even if your children are adults. It changes the relationship with your children now. So if you have conflicts, um, that can help heal a lot of that. If they have health issues, it can heal a lot of that. So that's all within a matrix re-imprinting session, whatever your stands out for you that you want to work on. 
and beginning of life reset and the other is an evolution booster what i call evolution booster and that's just that can be a number of different techniques we can do eft we can do matrix reprinting um, it can be more educational about your spiritual path and metaphysics and like wanting to understand certain conflicting teachings out there and how do you put it all together from my vantage point i can hold it all it's not about who's right and who's wrong it's perspectives out there because there are many confusing teachings in the spiritual world spiritual circles and i can help pull it all together and help it make sense in a way that you can apply it in your life so there's that you know mentorship in that respect um it can be healing it can be a number of things i'll be bringing forth energy work too whatever you need but it will need to be in a focused context so choose one issue or one thing you want to know for us to start with if you want an evolution booster and be ready to be ready to work be ready to transform you got to bring your energy i bring myself 100 percent, and we're going to get you where you want to go as, as as close as we can as possible to whatever goals or healing you want beautiful thank you so much for that somra it really is um galactic therapy in consciousness Ooh, that's cool that's what came to me um as you were sharing just the great transformational uh experience from this sort of session it is a high level of therapy it's galactic therapy cosmic therapy soul therapy something like that all right thank you so much our viewers and listeners can find all of the access to that right here on this webpage. And Somra is so generous with her time that you can get right in and book a session if that's uh, what you'd like to do. So check out those options. And again, Somra, we thank you for that. And we will have you back because my goodness, again, I've got a whole list <laughs> of more things to talk to you about. And then we're gonna get fun and we're gonna have a Q&A live on our new Zoom audience. Stay tuned, everyone, for that. We'll get you those details, but you'll be able to join us on Zoom live with Somra for your own questions answered. Somra, as we say goodbye, I just wanna give you a quick moment to share your final thoughts. Gosh, final thoughts, <clears throat> folks, if you want to get to the, the key that's holding up all of your issues, issues, all the things you're struggling with, go for self-validation. Go for self-acceptance, as we talked about. There's, in some ways, there's nothing more important than working on that. And wherever you have a glitch, wherever you have thoughts that are putting you down, or I should have known this already, or I should have done this already, or that was so stupid, a master does not think that way, folks. A, an awakened being does not think that way. And so, and I'm not saying you should be a master or anything like that, so don't take that to judge yourself either. We're all where we're at and just accept where you're at and then you can move forward with that. But you can't as long as you're fighting and in conflict with, your, conflict with yourself. So that would be a big key. And also the humility is, is something that, I find is a barrier for a lot of folks and not having the humility because the mind really tricks us into thinking, I've read all these metaphysical books. I know I've been on this path for 30 years, 40 years or whatever. And, um, and that's great. And your soul knows a whole lot more. And if you just simply accept that your heart and your soul knows way more than any book could ever tell you, okay, this is your key right here. The heart is the gateway to your soul self that relationship is the most important relationship to cultivate 
including the relationship with your human self. All of that in harmony, you're going to skyrocket in your evolution and your awakening and ascension. You may be awakened in some areas of your life, but not in all. I don't claim to be fully awakened. Even with all my mastery, all my awareness of who I am on the space station, I don't make that claim for myself or anybody else. There are parts of me that are still awakening. Think of it that way if that helps you. Parts of you are awakened. There are other parts of you that aren't. And when you accept that, then you can work with the parts that aren't and help bring them, elevate them to that higher state and that greater truth that you are. A magnificent being, magnificent soul on extraordinary journey called human life and beyond. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somra. This self acceptance leads to self love. And this is an awakening to our own love and the love that we radiate. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Much love to everyone. You're on your journey. Your journey is important and we're glad you're here on earth. Yes, we are. Thank you. And namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation. And thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.